Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 169 of the Defree Dad podcast. So when you are struggling to meet your monthly bills, it can be very difficult, if not impossible, to think about how to pay down your debts. Now, we know the struggle all too well, and we are here to tell you that it can be done. Now, after helping thousands of people, we have found that the majority of people have more money than they actually realize. They are just not managing it very well. And in this episode, we're going to share some tips some personal stories about how we overcame this obstacle during our debt freedom journey. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Debt Free Dad podcast with Brad Nelson. Brad and his co-hosts experience the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck before learning the fundamentals of financial security. They are now on a mission to empower regular people to pay off their debt for good and enjoy happier, less stressful lives. Keep listening for inspirational interviews, tips, tricks, and practical advice to gain financial freedom. Hey, 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 how's everyone doing today? You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Defrey Dad. And as always, welcome to today's show. Remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. Uh, you can head over to balancedsense.com forward slash 169. That's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S dot com forward slash uh, one six nine. Uh, so guys, uh, probably a pretty popular topic today, especially if you're new to the podcast, if you're a new listener or you're just getting started or um, maybe you're struggling with living paycheck to paycheck and no matter what you've done or no matter what you've tried, nothing seems to work. Uh, I know I have felt that way a long time ago. Um, so I think let's just start and open it up for a discussion. How do you pay off debt when you barely can afford your monthly bills or even say, maybe you're even on the extreme side of, you know, maybe you're not even covering your bills now. Um, are you guys able to relate to this as far as like when you guys started? Absolutely. How so you think? Yes. I mean, we, we all can, uh, uh, we'll talk about this at some point, but the budget, when you, write it for the first time and you go, Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're really that bad. We all have that experience. Everybody I've ever coached had that experience. People I've helped have all had that experience. Um, and I think just the big thing to start off with generically speaking is it can be done. You've got to realize that you've got to believe that it may seem like an insurmountable task at this moment, but if you go into it with the idea that, it can be fixed. It can be done. You're over a big hurdle, which is the mental side of things. And then it's really the technical pieces that it takes to get out. But I think, yeah, I can, I can agree that the first time you do it and you look at it, how in the world am I going to do this? But I'm living proof it can be done. Yeah. I think too, I, mean, I remember, I remember we just were like the believers of like, there's no way you can get out of debt. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, we would pay all our bills and we'd have sometimes 50, hundred dollars left in our checking account. And you just hoping like the kids don't get sick or they didn't have like an unexpected field trip coming up. Cause it's like, we don't have the money for that. So, and, and I just remember living like that and thinking, you know, um, it, it's impossible. I mean, how, how would I do this? So I can totally rely. I just remember feeling almost helpless. And just like, if someone, all the the messaging out there or the people out there saying you could get out of debt, it was almost like, yeah, right. 
there's no way. Yeah. Well, I think that's I one of the biggest. Trips. What, what is what was I, that? I hated the field trips, the unexpected yeah. field trips, or the pizza day, or the this. And they were all coming home with something every freaking day. It seemed yeah. that we didn't have money for. But well, the schools, yeah. the schools are the worst about that, as far as uh, notifying you. It's usually like the week of or right before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think a lot of people struggle with that though, that whole mindset of just believing that something else is possible. In fact, I was just down in Cincinnati doing a speaking event down there and towards the end of the, you know, talk, I, I said, you know, a lot of you are probably looking at some of the examples of some of the people we've talked about in this talk, you know, roots members, Katie, you're in there. Like, I mean, we, you look at those results, you look at someone like Katie, you look at someone like Amber, you look at us, like, you know, you look at, and when you're looking at them through broke people lenses, you can't see a way out because your way doesn't work. Right. And, and I think, you know, when I was first looking at it and this whole idea of debt freedom or life without payments or, um, less financial stress, you know, you, it was hard to, to even imagine that because you, your lenses are just so broken. They're so blurry. And, uh, I think Chris, you know, we just talked about, you mentioned, you brought this up on a, on a podcast here, just uh, last episode of the episode before, um, you know, about challenging your thinking, you know, and thinking differently when it comes to this. And, and if you're not doing anything to go about challenging your current thinking and the status quo of how you handle, handle your finances, you're always going to be looking at them through those broken lenses. And, um, so yeah, I can, I could totally relate. Absolutely. There's no, I mean, I think eventually all of us just get to the point where we have the mindset of, I mean, paycheck to paycheck is just a way of life. And I think for me, for our business, I mean, I mean, you guys all know, I mean, that's the biggest kind of hurdle or I guess, um, objection that we probably face is, is just bringing down the walls of just this belief that, you know, you're always going to be in debt. You're always going to have payments. You're always going to be living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, the middle-class earners, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a challenge that we always face in this business to get people to get the light bulb to go off that it's actually possible for them. But yeah, it, was, it was in my head that I was always going to have the the student loans. It was always there. It's like, this is just going to be a payment. I'm always going to have, because it was such a big amount that I thought I'm never getting out of debt because this is just a thing and everybody does it. And I was stuck there until I wasn't. But the important thing here is for everybody listening that in order to get out of debt, you're going to have your own journey. And your journey is going to be different than my journey, different than Brad's and Amber's and Ryan's and Katie's. And any, any other example that you may see on this podcast or on the Roots program, and you cannot compare yourself. I think, Ryan, you said this in a, in a podcast many months ago. You cannot compare your journey to somebody else's. And so you've just got to work your path. You've got to stumble through it. Amber, like you talked about field trips and other things that come up, they're going to happen. You're going to have to stumble, but you've got to keep believing that it can be done and do it. I hate to say it your way, but I think everybody knows what I mean by that is there, there's steps and there's tips and there's tricks, but your journey is going to be different and settle into that, be happy with it. And, and I know this may sound crazy, but enjoy the process. I think everybody here who's done it can look back and say, boy, I, it wasn't fun, but it was worth it. And that's, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I enjoy. <laughs> well, I didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> but, but looking back now, I'm sure you're happy that you did it. 100%. Yeah. 
And that brings you joy. That's the, I guess what I'm trying to say here is <laughs> when it's all complete and done, that's where the, the enjoyment comes. And I started, I, I've told Brad this too many times. Like I didn't have the money to join roots and I put it on a credit card and I had to literally like flip through my stack of credit cards and go, okay, which one has money left on it? Cause they were all maxed out to sign up for the program. But if it, your way doesn't work, Brad's way does. So I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Let's change that to a collective. Our way works. <laughs> <laughs> what would Brad do though? WWBD. <laughs> so I, I would like to know, cause Amber, you mentioned, you know, when you started and Katie, you just mentioned when you started it, when did that start to, when did the thinking that you were always going to be in debt start to change once you, because you two are the only two, Chris and Ryan, you guys kind of did this on your own, obviously following a lot of the same types of principles we talk about, but for, um, Amber and Katie, like when did that start to change once you joined roots and that mindset became like, holy crap, this is actually really possible for me. Uh, when I wrote down my bank statements, <laughs> <laughs> when I looked in, this, here's the here's the realization, guys. I thought I was living paycheck to paycheck. I genuinely thought I was living paycheck to paycheck. And when we took it, when we wrote everything down, and we saw where our money was going, I was like, "Wow, I spend a lot of money. We were spending a lot of money on takeout, on social activities." on everything, like all these things that were just keeping us stuck and in debt. And as soon as we took that away, I was like, dang, we, we actually make a decent amount of money, yeah. <laughs> but we had to take some of that away. And that's kind of where it all began. Yep. When you put your first budget together, which if you've seen the Facebook meme, if you take all the receipts out of your purse and stack them together, it's a little book of where all your money went, yeah. <laughs> but it basically was like that. I wrote out my first budget of here's what I make and here's what I spend. And I was spending $800 a month more than I was bringing in. And I'm like, just stomach punch. Like it, it's a very awful feeling, but that's when you realize something has to change. And when I, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to get a thousand dollars in an emergency savings account. Like I don't have any extra money now. How am I going to get a thousand dollars? And when I did it, I was like, wow. Um, okay. And then I had an emergency and then I had to spend the thousand dollars. I've rebuilt it so many times. I don't even keep track anymore, but yeah, it, it's possible. You just have to get into the mindset and the behaviors and stick with it. And when you fall off the bandwagon, cause you will, you gotta dust yourself off and get back on again. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, I mean, you guys basically just revealed, you know, the first tip we wanted to share here today on the show is just, uh, you know, where you're spending your money at. Um, so one of the things that we recommend and you've heard it plenty of times you've been listening to this show is, is making sure you're tracking your spending. So if you're first getting started is, you know, the first step is really going back and, uh, last three to six months. If you want to be an overachiever, you can do 12 months. Um, but make sure you, you know, look at your bank accounts, look at your credit card statements, look at, you know, especially things like your Venmo account, PayPal, anywhere you're moving or spending money, even cash. If you're someone who's using cash, make sure you keep your receipts. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anybody that we've had do this and has come back to me and said, I wasn't surprised at all. 
<laughs> I don't think I don't think there's one person that we've had that has done this that has come back and just said, you know, everything is exactly how I thought it was. It, and it so I, I can't say a hundred percent, but let's just go with ninety-nine percent of people who do this are are finding money that they didn't realize that they had, or at least finding areas that they could clean up, shop services, change some things around to uh to squeeze some dollars out of that uh that cash flow plan every single month. Yeah, and I was like I was like Amber, uh like she said, I if there's one area that I hated of our debt journey, it was this because it was like when we did this, it was a realization that the problem was us. Because up to that point, I was blaming everybody else. I was blaming everything and every, you know, it's, it's all, it's all these external forces that are working against us that are preventing me from getting out of debt. And when we did this, it was the first time we actually had to take ownership of the problem because it's like, no one was coming into my house and writing these checks and using my debit card. I was doing that. And that's why this part is hard. Um, and is that gut punch? At least that's how, what, why it was for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think this is my mind. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. One Sorry. of my non-financial principles is that you are your own worst financial enemy. And Ryan, I didn't want to say it earlier because I didn't want to come out too bold and scare people off and saying you got to believe and you got to believe you can do it. But really, you are your own solution because you are the problem to begin with. It all lies with you. And the sooner you're, I mean, Ryan, as soon as you recognize that, then you can take ownership. And with ownership comes believability. And then it's just practice through there. So, uh, Ryan, thank you for saying that. I just didn't want to come right out and say it. He didn't want to be the bully, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think there actually needs to be like a tip 1A for that, because I I do think that is a big part of it is is recognizing that you are the problem. And um, I mean, finger pointing, blaming, whether it's your spouse, whoever's in the White House, your job, your boss whatever, ex-spouse, whatever. I mean, at some point, until you're ready to take responsibility for it, nothing's ever going to change. And, you know, if if you're sitting here thinking, like, I'll never get ahead or this is never going to work, like, you know, you, you really got to take a hard look in the mirror and uh, and figure out who the real problem is. And uh, it's sadly you. Uh, we're also using the word believer a lot. Remember uh, we talked to you about this, Amber, today or this past weekend. Are you a believer? Remember believer? Remember oh, Noah? Believer. Yes. <laughs> we were Noah. teasing. We were teasing. Just Amber. because I'm Canadian does not mean I like Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were teasing Amber and playing Justin Bieber songs this past weekend because we're like, he's from Canada. How do you not know Justin Bieber? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Play a song. So we played it. She's like, oh, I know that one. I'm like, see, you know who Justin Bieber is. <laughs> I knew who he was. I just didn't think I knew his music. <laughs> so tip number I, two. Mike, yeah, go I ahead. One thing real quick. Yeah. I want to piggyback on something you said. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's really easy to look back in the past and look at how a, a boss may have done you wrong or somebody may have done you wrong or the bad decisions that you made in the past. So when you recognize that you're the problem, the only way you're going to, to pay off debt build emergency funds, do all the things that you teach is to focus on tomorrow. Don't focus on the past. And I, as a coach, Brad, you probably run into this as well. Too many people want you to be a financial counselor and they want you to un, you know, help them unpack their baggage in the past, something they did wrong. Well, we want to learn from the past. What is it that we did that we can do different now to fix? 
but it's always about focusing on tomorrow. What can I do different? There's that word again. What can I do better? What can I try to do different? And if you begin to be forward thinking, that's a growth mindset as opposed to a woe is me, um, you know, chicken little, always worrying about the past. So think about the future, I think, is a big way to help believe and to 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 start your journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So after you like, kind of go ahead, Katie, sorry. I was just going to say the last couple of episodes, we've said, you know, why are you making some of the choices you're making? Because if we're trying to impress other people with our purchases, our cars, our trips, our clothes, name brand, whatever, why are you needing their validation, that kind of thing? And remember, you don't get into debt overnight. You don't get out of it overnight either. So yep. amen to that. It's um, a process. So once you kind of a look at where you're spending your money, the, the next question is, is, you know, what expenses are you willing to cut out? And uh, this is where things get a little tricky because where most people tend to get caught up in, and I actually just did a TikTok video about this. I haven't posted it just yet, but I will be. But it's, I think where most people get stuck on the budget and, and really stuck on expenses is they focus too much on everything that they have to give up rather than everything that they're going to gain. And I, I would suggest don't make that mistake, especially out the door. And I know it's hard. You know, the, the cuts that you're going to have to make uh, are not easy. I had to make a lot of cuts that weren't easy, but uh, they were worth it. So the thing that you got to think about is when you're making these cuts is that it's it's short-term sacrifices, short-term pain uh, for long-term gains. And that's the way you need to look at. You you can get this stuff back. It's not going anywhere. You know, if you have to cut out your Starbucks runs a little bit, or if you have to cut out on going out to eat a little bit or cut back on subscriptions or, um, you know, maybe it's even food choices at the grocery store and you have to be a little bit more economical about your choices. Uh, all of those things can return. It's remember everything that I'm doing right now is short term and it's just for a little while. And then once we're out of debt, you know, we can go back to, you know, maybe making some better choices that, you know, we want back in our life, or I guess more expensive choices that we want back in our life. Uh, the other thing is, don't forget, it doesn't necessarily have to be everything you cut out. Like I mentioned earlier, it could be things that you shop around. And one of the biggest areas that we see all the time in roots is insurance. I mean, insurance is such an easy one to shop around and uh, the stuff that we share in roots. I mean, we've had people save upwards of $2,000 or more per year on some of just the basic insurance shopping tips that we give there. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of areas where you can save some additional money to cut out some expenses as well. So our next tip, uh, is this is, um, this is probably another one that I didn't like at the beginning is create the big, bad B word, which is budget. And I think this one is, this one is tough because I think when you're starting out, you know, and, and, and just out in general, like if you talk about getting out of debt and just money management, you say the budget word, like people run away from that word um, because it's like, they just think like, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to have any fun. I'm going to have to cut everything out. But really like writing a budget and telling your money where to go is like one of the best things that you can start getting in the habit of doing. Am I the only one that likes to budget? <laughs> I, uh, but did you I at the beginning? No, I did, but I oh. didn't like to like, I didn't like to actually follow it, but I love to do it. I love putting it together. It looks so pretty. Everything was great. <laughs> it, it never bothered me. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm a math oriented person. I'm always thinking in terms of numbers. It didn't bother me. Um, you know, communicating that with my wife and trying to get her to stick to it. That's a different story, but uh, 
it, it didn't bother me creating the budget. And even today, I've been doing that, good gracious, 18 years now I've been budgeting. And it's such a streamlined process. I have changed how I do it probably five or six times to keep it simple. That's the big thing. Not only do you want to say yes to certain things, you've got to put sort of that fun into your budget, but do it in a way that's simple. And I'll give you guys an example. And I used to share this with my students. I have a line in my budget called food. Now, food is anything I can buy at a grocery store. Food is anything when I eat out. I can buy all of that at the one. Well, we buy cat food at the grocery store. So food is cat food and cat litter as well. It's just a way for me to keep it simple so I don't have too many items in my budget. All right. And how I did it at the very beginning was a yellow notepad writing everything down by hand. Eventually I switched over to a, a digital format, then into spreadsheets. And now I've gotten to the point where not only do I love budgeting, but I budget six to nine months out in advance. I keep a, a cash flow plan. So I know every paycheck when it comes in, even nine months all the way through the end of the year, what I think those, those paychecks are going to be used for just so I can get an idea. Well, Oh, maybe here there might be a little bit of a problem and I might need to think about it ahead of time. So yeah, I personally enjoy budgeting, but I, I didn't like the numbers that I saw originally. And I think that's the big thing yeah. is when people do a budget, it's, you know, is what you see. And it's like, Whoa, wait a minute. And that's why people don't like it. Maybe we should call it something else like a money plan or something, because oh, there I, worked we go. In, <laughs> I worked in the travel industry here. Let's trademark that right now. But um, <laughs> I worked in the travel industry. So budget versus luxury, those were two very different connotations. Budget is a negative. Luxury is, ooh, I like that. So, yeah, we just need to change the verbiage a little bit, I feel like. And do you guys know who made that that way? We just, I just talked about this in my, in my talk. It's all marketing. Marketing made the word budget cheap and yep. cheapskate, penny pincher, inexpensive. But if you actually look up the word budget in the dictionary, none of those words are associated to the word budget. But how many times do you go to a store or, you know, shop for a car and, and what do they say? Are you on a budget or are you looking for a budget product or do you need a budget vacation? Right. Like, just like you said, Katie, um, mm -hmm. and it's a rental car company that named himself after it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, you know, they've just marketing has just turned the word into just a bad word and, and just has this negative feeling about it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's literally just a list of, you know, the income that you have coming in, the expenses that you have going out. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's so know. funny. Cause when I, if I talk to somebody and something's not in my budget that they ask me to do or spend on, I'm like, no, nah, that's not in the budget right now. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally fine. <laughs> it, it's the same, same thing with my favorite word, Brad. My favorite word is thrift. Yeah. Nowadays when people think thrift, they think used cheap, Yep. you know, the, the cheapest product or used the thrift store. When the reality, the word means to thrive. Now, who would disagree with wanting to thrive? What? Yes. Go look it up. That's the root, root of the word thrift. Love it. You thrive. just maybe, taught me something new today. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing when it comes to obviously doing your budget 
is not only obviously just looking at expenses that you can cut, but it's areas where you can also increase your income as well. So if you're someone who's living paycheck to paycheck and you're sitting here looking at this and you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to save extra money for my emergency fund or pay down extra debt. Obviously the best thing you can do is, is go to work, you know, is, is make some extra money. And this one kills me. It's in this day and age. I love this section. I'm like, Extra money can be made so easy. It's so easy nowadays. I think it's the easiest time in the history of humans here, at least in the United States and in Canada, you know, to make extra money. I mean, there's so many opportunities out there. It it really kind of just comes down to effort, in my my opinion. Um, you know, if you're not happy with the money that you're making your full time job, you know, you could pick up side hustle. There's so many things that you can do, and especially in the online world, being that we run our business online, I've been able to meet some pretty interesting people that have began to just monetize like really interesting and products that I never would have ever imagined being able to like, there was one person um, that uses the same platform we use. We use Kajabi and uh, they built an entire platform for teaching men how to properly text women (laughs) and they sell it and it, and it's a business, you know, there's just, there's so many things that you can do and honestly, even running and starting your own little, your own little business. I mean, there's so, I don't know the tools and the resources that are available to us now. Uh, there's just no excuse for it. Uh, if you're not making enough money, you go out there, write your own paycheck. In my opinion, it's like, stop complaining and, and go out there and, and find it. It's out there. Yeah. I mean, we did, Paul and I did, we went out and did, uh, skip the dishes and we were just like, let's go find something to do. Cause we were, what was, ha- what was happening with us was we we could use the extra money, but we were kind of bored because we weren't going out. So we're like, what can we do that we can still go out and not pay money? And then this way we've actually, we were on a date cause we did it together and we talked and had some fun and then we made some money at, at the end. So it, it worked out for us, but it was just, you could find some little ways to do that, that make it so much easier to help yourself get out of debt and yeah. budget. It's interesting that you bring that up. I just want okay, let me just share this. I want to piggyback on this story real quick. It's interesting that you bring that up because we're doing DoorDash right now a little bit more than we, of course, I've admittedly, I've never done DoorDash. When I first did mm-hmm. it, I actually had to ask somebody how how to do it because I've never <laughs> done it before. But after my wife passed away, people were really gracious and they sent us a bunch of DoorDash DoorDash gift 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 cards. And it's amazing though how many people will come where there's two people in the car. And it's usually, yeah. you know, like a couple that are doing it. They do the same thing. It's interesting. I thought, I, I don't know. I think it's cool. I feel like we need to do a whole episode just on like cheap or free date nights or making money date nights. Yeah, I was about Better to say. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> Not, what a novel concept. Make, have a date where you make money instead of spend money. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't I ever think of that? How <laughs> All right, the next area you got to avoid, and it's it's more of a trap, and this all comes down to, in my opinion, well, there's two things. Marketing, number one, but but two is uh, social influence, talking to friends and family. And the thing you want to avoid is the whole debt restructuring, refinancing, consolidation, those types of things. I'm not saying that those things can't be a part of a good plan in getting out of debt at some point, depending on your situation, because there are certain situations where it may make sense, but in the majority of them, it doesn't because what most people tend not to do is work on the stuff that we just shared with you. They'll go right to doing a consolidation, right? And then they won't change the behaviors. In fact, I did this stupid. And there's a lot of different ways you can consolidate. 
Um, like for instance, we did a cash out consolidation on our first house. This is when me and my first wife were married and we took out money out of our house and uh, we refinanced cause the rates were lower and we took cash out. Well, we used that money to pay off a few things like credit cards and even a leased vehicle. So stupid. Um, <laughs> looking back, well, guess what? All of that debt came back probably within the next year because we didn't change or do anything that we've been talking about this episode so far. All we did was, you know, fix the symptom, essentially. You know, you're sick, you take, you know, something for your cough and and it fixes the cough, but the cold still is there. It's just masking it, right? And it's the same thing that we did. You know, we, we masked the problem, which was us. It felt good. It's like, oh, we have all this extra money. And what did we do? Instead of saving it, we went out and spent more and then eventually added on more payments because, uh, well, we could afford the payment, right? And so we ended up consolidating some unsecured debt, which is not a good idea, into a secure debt like a home, which is a terrible idea. And then we put ourselves further in the hole by adding on more debt products on top of that. So you really got to be mindful of those behaviors, the habits, the choices, your budgeting, um, you know, the things that are keeping you stuck uh, because they can cause a lot of problems if you're looking at consolidation. And you, you mentioned the marketing. The marketing is like they've got it down to a T and, and almost any restructuring or consolidation marketing out there is pay off all of your debt, pay out re, you know, have no more debt, yeah. have no yeah. more debt payments and all that sort of stuff. And, and so people think, and they, and, and I did too, like, Hey, we just paid off $20,000 in debt, but you didn't actually pay off anything you just took all of your debt from one one or two or three products and you just put it in one other product and so the debt still lives there but when they play with that mindset you really think you paid it off so then you go back to your old spending habits because it's like oh i paid off all my debt no you but you didn't pay off anything we were terrible same same thing uh brad we we refinanced and did just terrible things and a lot of a lot of things i Kick myself now for it, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you were you were trading one debt for another, but like mm-hmm. you mentioned, Brad, you're putting your house at risk. Right. So you're gonna you're gonna raise your house payment, make it more difficult for you to keep a roof over your head, which should be rule number one. Yeah. All because not because you traded or got rid of debt, you basically traded who you were making the payment to. And yeah, the payment may have gone down some, but the length of time that you were in debt went up. And we talked about this last week, two weeks ago. Time is a benefit to you when you are investing or earning the the money. But when you're paying it, you're going to be paying so much more back. And so at the end of the day, you're actually, Ryan, trading it for more debt. If you think about the amount of payments, the dollar amount of payments that it takes to pay it off. And, And it comes back to the get out of the how much per month mindset. Get rid of the debt. That's the goal. That's what this whole episode's about is, you know, how do you start, but then eventually get the traction that you need to pay the debt off so that you don't have those payments anymore. And then you get to keep all of that money, not just keep trading it from one person to the next and who, who you're writing a check to. So you're right, Brad, be careful. I would also add one more thing is a lot of people make bankruptcy sound easy. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are at that point where they feel like, oh, bankruptcy is the only way. I'll tell you a really, really quick story. My brother and my sister-in-law came to me a number of years ago, and uh, he was being sued by a credit card company because he wasn't making the payments because he couldn't, all right, because he didn't have any income at that moment. Different story, different day. But he um, he wanted to file bankruptcy and because he had friends or they had friends of theirs that had filed bankruptcy. He was telling me 
Their friends were telling them how great and wonderful because you make one payment to the court system, the court distributes everything out. It's great and wonderful. And then he proceeded to tell me that they were living in a house, his friends of theirs, that didn't have a working kitchen. And I said to my brother, wait, if it's so great and wonderful, how is it that they don't have a working kitchen in their home? He goes, well, because they don't have the money to get it fixed and something went broke, so they eat out all the time. And I said, yeah, that sounds great and wonderful. Is that what bankruptcy is all about? So bankruptcy is not a solution either. So we'll kind of throw that as a part B on here. Yeah. Well, I think it. I would add a C to that as well. <laughs> Don't move your one credit card payment to a 0% balance transfer for the next 12 months or 18 months or whatever, because you're going to move that money. And then you're probably going to run out of money because you were charging everything to the card. So you're going to start using that first card. And that's where you get all those death by a million minimum payments. Yep. Absolutely. Cause yeah. that was my issue for yep. a long time. Yep. And that, I think, you know, Chris, you mentioned the whole secured, unsecured, you know, talking about my story. I think, you know, marketing, I was, I talked about lenses when we first started this, I was looking through that situation with broken and blurry lenses of broke person lenses. And I mean, how many times do you go into a bank where, where there's advertisements? I mean, every time. I mean, I've been in the bank multiple times now because of, you know, the stuff that's going on in my life. And I've had to visit there and talk to them and get things changed and move over. There's brochures all over the place. Home equity loan? Have a house problem? Home equity loan. Got an emergency come up? Home equity loan. Want to restructure your debt? Home equity loan, right? So for me, like you're, you're going into this bank. These guys are the people who are talking about what financial health is, right? financial literacy and they're, they're selling these products. So it's like, well, if the bank's selling them and saying that this is the way to do it, well, I guess this is the way to do it. Right. So again, back then, you know, I wasn't really challenging my thinking. I was just listening to the marketing that's out there. Um, and you know, it's like what you said, Katie, with the 0% credit cards. I mean, we've had reaction episodes. I think we, Amber and Ryan, we did one last year about this. And you know, if you look at the ads on Facebook, it'll even say you've paid all of your debt. You're debt free now. Congratulations. <laughs> like how misleading is that to people who are struggling month to month, can't make their bills. They look at that as a legitimate way to get out of debt and it ends up just putting them into a deeper hole. So yeah, you really have to be careful with some of those companies. There's no question. Yep. That's why it's called a balance transfer. You still <laughs> right. have a balance <laughs> It's just going somewhere else at that moment. Yeah. Um, what, oh, I forget one. It was so funny. It was like, you just paid off all of your debt with your new consolidation loan. Congratulations. It's like, wait, I paid off a debt with a loan. <laughs> right? But that's, you know, that's how tricky they are with some of those words. It, it, it's, it gives you a false of sense progress, right? Or, or sense of false progress, I should say. Um and like you're actually making real progress, but you're, but you're not in most cases. And uh, speaking about bankruptcy, Chris, too, and I'll just, from a professional standpoint and working with people for now almost seven years, I've, I've never had one person come to me who has done a bankruptcy and said, it was a smooth process. I don't regret it. I have never had anybody say that. In fact, it's quite the opposite in most cases. Um, and it doesn't ever really fix the main problem. And by the way, that's a product as well. Bankruptcy is a product. And, and when people go to see a bankruptcy attorney and they come out and say, well, they say I'm bankrupt, no crap, right? That's how <laughs> they make money, right? But there's so many people that have come to me and they say, well, they think I'm bankrupt and I'm looking at their stuff and I'm like, not a chance. Is this stuff going to take you a little while to pay off? Yes, but you're not bankrupt in my opinion. I think, you know, you just got to make a decision on, you know, if you're willing to do the work or not. And if you are, 
you can avoid bankruptcy, which uh, you should just, at all costs. They just tie into your emotions though. Like, sure. You know, and even, you know, you're getting all the phone calls, the constant phone calls over and over and over again. And that's what happened with, with Paul and I, he was getting phone call after phone call after phone call. And eventually he went in to see somebody and we decided he was going to claim bankruptcy. We yeah. weren't married at the time. And we was like, okay, was it stupid? Heck yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was a stupid amount. You guys, yeah. like, it's embarrassing. I'm not even going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> You show you need to say it now. How much was it? I, I, I it was under fifteen thousand, guys. Oh my gosh, guys, it was stupid. It was, <laughs> I feel like it was under fifteen, at least under twenty. Like there wasn't that much. I feel like, I but need he to, was. Feel like he you need was, to text Paul and give him some crap for that. <laughs> maybe, but no. But he was so there was all this emotion behind it. Yep. And he went and talked to somebody. They they talked about consolidation and then they recommended bankruptcy, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only about also one person. Note, Go ahead, Key. I was just going to say, as a reminder, it doesn't matter if you file bankruptcy or you die, you still owe student loans if you have student loans. So that's never, ever mm-hmm. part of bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's only been one person that I've ever said, you know, maybe seek out, look at bankruptcy. And that was someone who had an individual debt amount of over a million dollars in medical bills and making less than probably $60,000 a year. And they weren't paying them, obviously. And it's like, okay, I think in your situation, you could probably go consider it and talk to a lawyer to see what options you have because that's that's a pretty that's a really really bad situation. Um, yeah. That that poor girl would have been in there, been paying those things forever. So, I mean, there are some extreme situations where you know it it could make sense, especially when medical bills are involved because they they add up very very quickly. Uh, last tip is, and we kind of already mentioned this one, but, uh, I think what I would like to do is just share a little bit about what we've been able to sacrifice, but is sacrificing is just, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to win? And you really want to ask yourself that question because there are so many people, like we said, when you look at your expenses, there are, there's money out there for most people. Uh, it's just, what are you willing to give up in order to, to get the results that you want to see? For me, uh, I'll share mine. We got rid of a brand new vehicle. Well, it wasn't brand new when we got rid of it, but we bought it brand new. I think we had it maybe two years, but it was like a $500 a month payment. It was a car. And uh, the other one was, uh, the other big one at the time was uh, cable television, which back then, you know, now people today are probably like, well, big deal. Well, back then, back then, that's like, I sound like my son. You know, (laughs) you know, dad, you know, back in the olden days, (laughs) back in the late 1900s. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, kids they're funny um, so back then you know cutting the cord was like you don't have t- what do you mean you don't have tv right because netflix wasn't around i mean it was around but it was a little disc thing you know you got it in the mail but there were none of these subscription services or anything like there are today so back then that was a huge cut i had to go out and get a little hd antenna and man it sucks <laughs> so bad stand on one foot and hold it but <laughs> yeah but between those two cuts and in, 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 in just a month right <laughs> But that was 700 bucks in extra cash flow every single month. I mean, that was huge. That was huge amount of money for us back then. So just those two changes I contribute and I look back, those are probably the, that was probably the biggest sacrifice that we made that, that really injected a lot of cash flow into the monthly budget for us. I think it goes back to what you said earlier, Brad. We're not talking about maybe getting rid of the car forever. It can always come back. There's plenty of those types of examples in your life, things around your house that you can get rid of to either sell and get some money or get rid of a payment that you currently have. And you can always then pay cash for another one later on. It's just as good, if not better, be happy. 
So I want to remind everybody of what you said earlier about that's temporary. Right. Yeah, Remember, for us, you don't have to get a new car every time. It can be a used car. Go back and listen to the reliable used car episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we sold we sold a car, uh, same thing. It's the same thing. Almost it was I think it was five fifty a month. Um, and then probably the biggest thing we did is um we we sold a house and I'm not I'm not advocating that people should do that, but we we were just kind of living a life for other people and it wasn't immediately, but it was kind of as we started making some progress, it kind of became apparent like the house we had, um, it was big, it was nice, it was fancy, but it didn't represent us. It represented what we wanted people to think about us. And right. so um, we downsized that. And that was a huge, uh, um, you know, I shouldn't say huge, but it was, it was a good between those two. I mean, we were, you know, we were easily in the twelve to $1,300 a month, just instant savings by downsizing, you know, to a smaller house and getting rid of a car just for those two things. And then it was, you know, sacrificing vacations we could never really afford before we just took more realistic vacations and you know we stopped staying at the fancier hotels that we always loved staying at and charged it and we started paying cash for the non-fancier hotels and we didn't have as big a christmases but going back to what you said chris now we do all that stuff again not as much but it it's not forever it, it's it was a temporary setback so that eventually we could do those things again. And so we have nice Christmases again. We take nice vacations again, but now everything is cash and we're not charging it anymore. Super excited because I'm moving in a week or so and I will be saving $60 a month on rent. I'm nice. very excited about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing too is, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really miss any of that stuff. I mean, today, I mean, I drive a 2005 Explorer and a, <laughs> 2006 Chevy Silverado, <laughs> you know, they're not the fanciest cars. They both got a little rust on, but I, you just, you know, you, your perspective changes, your mindset changes because the, the peace that, and the less stress that you have for managing your finances the right way is, is far more beneficial in, in the long run than any amount of stuff. And, and once you kind of get out of that, um, makes a huge difference. There's no, question. I mean, where, where we were at, we didn't have the brand new car payments. Um, we had used cars. I've always had a used car. I've never had a new car. I don't know what it feels like. Um, so maybe that's a good thing, but we, we just, it was more of the smaller things that we sacrificed. We sacrificed to going out to socialize with friends. We sacrificed the concerts for a little while. We sacrificed the eating out and the takeout and we made more meals at home. So like, even if you're sitting here listening and going, yeah, but I don't have a fancy house. I don't have a brand new car or two brand new cars in my driveway. Sacrifice can also mean just the smaller things that you're, you know, doing over and over and over again in abundance, yeah. like I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's that whole meme that, uh, you know, how do you waste $10,000 a year and you just spend $27 and 40 cents yeah. a day. That's all it takes. And, yeah. and for a lot of people it is, it's like you said, Katie, it's, it's that death by, by a thousand cuts. And, uh, you want to look for those because sometimes those are eating up your budget just as much as some of those bigger ticket items too. Uh, real quick guys, I just want to run down these tips real quick. So you guys got them. So tip number one, check where you're spending your money. Print out the last three to six months of bank statements. Make sure you get that done. Tip number two is make sure you look through those bank statements and then start questioning what expenses you can cut, what expenses you can shop. Uh, also, a big part of that is you know setting up some short-term and long-term goals and setting up a buying filter for your life. You know, Do those purchases and are my spending habits lining up uh, with the things that I want to bring in? Number three was create the budget. Number four, look for ways to increase your income. Number five, avoid debt refinancing consolidation as your first option. And then uh, number six, 
just start making some sacrifices. So get to get started with some of those tips. And if you're feeling like a pinch right now that this is impossible for you, uh, again, a uh, little time, little consistency, little discipline. You might be surprised here in the next 90 days what you're able to uh, what you're able to accomplish just with some of the stuff that we shared here today. So the totally awesome debt freedom planner is helping so many people make consistent progress with their finances. Whether that be building emergency funds, paying down bills, budgeting, tracking paydays, saving up for larger purchases, goal planning, and planning for those irregular yearly expenses that always seem to catch you by surprise. Now, the Debt Freedom Planner will help you take the stress out of managing your money. And if the thought is running through your mind, hey, I just need to have a simple tool to get my finances together, this planner is perfect for you. Head over to therealdebtfreedad.com, click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu at the top of the page, and order your Debt Freedom Planner today. All right. I felt like we should have played some Justin Bieber there for there. <laughs> oh, do we have some? Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, that sounds me. That's how it means it's time for the celebration of the show. And first we have Samantha Hubs. I paid cash for a vet bill. It sounds small, but I felt so good having the envelope ready marked dog expenses and not having to check my credit card balance before checking out that is awesome that is not small no that's huge so you know yeah that's huge uh jennifer foster i paid off another credit card almost done with all of my credit card debt jennifer congratulations that's such a huge win just just reaching the point where your credit card debt free is uh is a huge milestone so congratulations absolutely and then brenda fellhauer paid car insurance in full not for one month not for two months three months but for six months and found out they don't charge fees when you do that. And she did all of it by paying cash. Yeah. Power of sinking funds mm-hmm. and budgeting there. That's awesome. And Shannon Bradshaw Dukes paid all her bills for this week and has money left over. A couple balances were different than she budgeted for. And she might just add it to the grocery budget for May. Yep. There you go, Shannon. That is like kind of what we talked about here today. Look at that money left over. Good job. Uh, and Brittany Sunday Parish stuck to our envelope system this month. Yep. Huge win. Congratulations, you guys. And congratulations to all of you who are working so hard at reaching a financial freedom. And if you're just getting started with our podcast, or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're interested in how you can get on the road to financial freedom, go visit our website at balancesense.com and sign up for our free life without payments workshop, where I'm going to show you the first steps that have helped tens of thousands of people, just like you and I kick financial stress and worry for good. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Brad Nelson Debt-Free Dad. If you found value in today's episode, please leave a rating and review. We so appreciate it. For resources, show notes, and links mentioned in today's show, visit balancedsense.com. That's balancedsense, C-E-N-T-S, dot com. Catch you next week.